Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. I missed you also. I've been out on the road, summer porch touring my ass off, and uh, as a result, we uh, I guess we haven't been at the same volume of episodes. But lucky for you guys, we're doing an episode right now on Monday, which means we might even get another one done on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, we're going to be doing one from uh, uh, Austin, Texas, once again with Scott Horton. What do you guys want me to talk to Scott Horton about? Email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Last year, we nerded out on Star Wars. If you haven't watched that, we were talking about how even in the fictional universe of Star Wars, where people got superpowers and shit, evil people still needed the government if they wanted to take over the galaxy. You guys can go check out that one. If you got other suggestions for what we should do this year, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Thank you for everyone that came out to these Port Store gigs. There's nothing more fun than hanging out with you guys in backyards, getting hammered, really honing my comedy act and just you know it's about getting out of the house and meeting the like-minded freedom-loving individuals being in backyards smoking some stogies and drinking some beers so this weekend huge summer porch tour weekend what do we got going on thursday night first we're back in the same backyard as last year there will be a full live podcast me and scott horton but before that live podcast i know a lot of really funny austin comics so we're going to be doing a hell of a showcase show bk chris already confirmed uh, my friend Dean Stanfield is concerned, uh, confirmed. Um, who else do I have? Adam Lucky's confirmed. Probably some other Austin comics who I've hand-selected as being funny individuals. Then we got the live pod. Then on Friday, we're doing Houston, Texas at the Comedy Club. Me, BK, Chris, and uh, Adam Lucky. That's a hell of a comedy show. Come support the Comedy Club. Gave me a chance. They're giving me a premium primetime spot. Me, Cock Nation, show the hell up. Support the operation. And then Albuquerque, New Mexico on Saturday. All right, let's get into it. Before I get into the news, I was traveling. And you guys know me. I come back from traveling, and I, I'm, I start talking about peanuts i go full jerry seinfeld i'm observing everything that's wrong in the world and i'm going to complain about it that's what i'm going to do because there's so many different little things that i just look at it and i'm like there's a simple solve here like why did we rethink sinks we're doing where the sinks were perfectly good they had a little circle they went down you poured and things went down they've rethought sinks i don't understand why we're rethinking sinks Sinks have been working forever. Have there been a problem with sinks that someone sat down and said, hey, these sinks aren't working? Why? There's so many things that don't work in the world that need to be improved upon. Who decided to improve the sink? Because now what they do, they got this sloping sink where you're washing your hands and you're touching the bottom of the sink, which is disgusting. You know what else is disgusting? When the top part of the sink is open and then you can see how disgusting where your water's coming from. Keep the sink simple. It was a working sink system. You turn on the faucet, water went down into a little hole. That was working. We didn't need slope sinks. We didn't need it like a thing that you could uh, recreate. If you if you got, remember those dumb little things that you used to be able to skateboard with your fingers? Now you could go to a sink. Maybe that's what I'll do in protest is I'll start going to these sinks with like those things, but a surfboard version. I'll just pretend like I'm surfing down uh, the sink like an even more autistic person than I actually am. The other thing I've noticed uh, when I was uh, up on... Uh, uh, the, the flying this last time, I once had an experience, you know, they're always telling you, you got to buckle your seatbelt and I never listened to them. And one time I was flying, I was asleep on a plane and, uh, I guess it, you know, it wasn't a smooth pilot, must've been a lady or something, not a smooth pilot, not doing her best job. And she hit that, she hit that runway just too hot. I don't know. I don't know how flying works. Maybe she had too much speed. She didn't get the, the landing gear down in time, but we took a nice bump once we hit down. And dude, I came right out of my seat. I woke up above my seat airborne. And then I was like, oh, I guess you actually do need those seatbelts. And so I complain a lot where I'm like, I don't understand what they're doing here. I don't understand why they got all these regulations. But I did discover that seatbelts while landing a plane 
makes sense. And by the way, you look around a plane, they fasten down everything. Like it's even interesting if you see um, like in their little kitchen area, they got, it's, I, I almost wish I could do my kitchen this way. Everything is really latched in. Like everything on an airplane is locked in place except for one thing. You wanna know what the one thing they don't lock into place on airplanes? Babies, you can just hold your baby. Everything else on a plane is locked in when that thing lands. But I, I mean, how many babies are just splattering on the top of rooftops of planes on an annual basis? Because it's incredible to me that literally every single thing needs to be strapped in, except for the baby wallets crying, screaming, and yelling, and you'd be most likely to go, yep, I, it slipped. I definitely didn't toss it right up at the roof while we were landing. Um, all right, what else do I have? Uber, uh, here's the problem with Uber now. I'm still waiting for the one I called in uh, wherever it was. Where was I? Fuck Uber. I'm on the Lyft train now until Lyft fucks me over, and then I'll come back onto the show, and I'll be like, fuck Uber. Uh, what else do we got here? What do you guys do when you lose your, uh, credit cards? Um, like, and what I mean by that is that all the services that you're auto signed up for, like, do you guys actually sit down and like look through all the things that you're signed up for and then call them up and give them your new credit card? Because my system is I just wait till I need to need like use things. And then they don't like when I go to use my phone and to tell and I can't call and I'm like, oh, that's a service that I need. And then you got to find a friend who has a phone to call your phone provider and give them your credit card. Or I showed up today and I didn't have cable. I mean, I didn't have my internet because apparently I haven't paid that bill. It's almost a, it's almost a cleansing system of finding out what you really need in your life is once a year you lose your credit card, you got to cancel the credit card, and then you find out how many things you didn't even know you were paying for because until you go and you reuse them and you find out, oh, I don't have running water, I guess I didn't pay my water bill. You see what I'm saying? It's almost, uh, it's almost a pretty good way for, uh, uh, to, to, you know. But I'm wondering what your guys' system is. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. All right, let's get in some news topics. And then we've got uh, Stephen, our wonder boy non-scientist, coming on in a bit. Because uh, we're uh, we're going to do some RFK debunking on this guy. But before we get to that, once again, RobbieTheFire.com for all the porch tour, summer porch tour dates. Come hang out. Big weekend. Show your support if you like what I do. All right. Um, first story I want to get into is... Uh, New York Post uh, had an article, and uh, we're not we're not displaying articles today. I've been traveling a bunch. You can just take my word for it, or who knows? Maybe I'm making up these stories today. Maybe I couldn't read any of the news, and so I'm just making up stories that don't exist right now. You don't know. That is not what they. That's the thrill of run your mouth. Who knows? Maybe I'm just making it up. What happens to this eyebrow? Is that the lighting? Is it is it deleting out my eyebrows because it thinks it's the green screen? Or do I need to start like the REM guy just filling in the middle sections? I don't know. All right, moving forward. Um, there was a New York Post story about gambling on the Special Olympics, and people were saying this is an outrage. You can't be gambling on the Special Olympics, but I was thinking about it. Getting on the Special Olympics might be the best thing to gamble on because you can trust that no one's going to be throwing a match. Like, think about it. Anything else, someone might throw a match, but you can't trust a retarded person to throw a match. You get to the guy afterwards, and he goes, I, I thought you were going to take a dive. I wasn't swimming. How do I take a dive if I wasn't swimming? I was boxing. <laughs> so I'm just saying, it, it probably makes the most sense to be uh, to be gambling on, on Special Olympics. Uh, Chris Christie has said that he wants to fight Donald Trump, and rich people have to stop teasing fights. Like, if you guys are saying you got to fight, you got to start fighting. And the problem with people like at the level of Chris Christie and Donald Trump is they think that they're badasses, but they've probably never been in a fight their whole life. I'm sure they've had people killed, 
There's no question to me Chris Christie has had people killed. I bet someone shows up late with a seamless delivery. He's just throwing them off a bridge. I bet that's why he closed the George Washington Bridge the last time was because he needed to get all the bodies of the people that were late with the seamless orders that he decided to throw off a bridge. You got to stay in your lane. If you don't know how to fight, but you just know how to off people, like you're not, you're not a badass. Just threaten you could say that you've got better mob connections for offing other people. And YouTube censors, yes, I'm proclaiming that both Donald Trump and uh, Chris Christie have ties to the mob and have histories of um, offing people. And I, I don't have any evidence of that whatsoever. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of the Russian talking points uh, that I got sent. So, you know, that it's factually accurate. All right. Moving forward, there was a video of uh, Joe Biden and he was nibbling on a kid. Apparently, he forgot that he was in public. Did you guys see that one? He, uh, I need Joe Biden to stay in this a little bit longer. Like I need him to get through porch tour. Cause I got some good Joe Biden works jokes that are working and I worked them out and I, I can't, I can't have them recall Joe Biden until I've, you know, done this the whole tour and put it out as like an end of year thing. So if someone could just like keep Joe Biden away from kids for like six months longer, because apparently he, you know, he, I don't know how he was able to contain that. The videos came out of him sniffing, licking, groping kids, grabbing, and then they realized, you know what it was? He was on international waters and he thought that because he was like, there's no U.S. cameras here. He forgot the world that we live in now with like the Internet and everything. And that even you're, you're even though you're abroad, that doesn't necessarily mean you're on Epstein's island. Like he's so used to if he's on vacation, that means he's in places like this where he's allowed to grope the kids. But, you know, in this case, there were TV cameras right there. And so he was caught nibbling on a youngling. Uh, but, you know, they're just going to keep him in office. That, that's that's the way it works. Uh, Kamala Harris, did you guys see that? Where she was, uh, finally made a coherent statement. Usually you don't know what the fuck she's talking about. But in this case, you actually were able to understand Kamala Harris. And she let us know that there's an issue with global warming. Uh, there's an issue with, uh, carbon. There's an issue with pollution. And the only way that we're going to be able to survive and continue as a country is if we start getting rid of some people. And it's amazing that usually they don't have to correct Kamala Harris because she just makes no sense. And so they don't have to issue corrections. But in this case, she actually said something that was coherent. And then they had to actually issue a statement and go, here was the speech. Because I guess they're actually writing the gibberish for her. That's how dumb she is that they not only does it sound like everything she's saying off script, but when she's going off script and she's talking about how much she loves school buses, maybe behind closed doors, all she's talking about is we have to get rid of people. So they keep writing her talking points about school buses. And then in this case, uh, I guess she, uh, you know, she just made a casual blunder, actually made sense and revealed some of what they uh, some of what their plans were. So they instantly issued a correction. All right, and now let's uh, let's get into some RFK talk. Of course, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a New York Post article, and they did him dirty. They were trying to say that RFK claimed that the uh, um, COVID pandemic was created uh, in a way that you know it would harm uh, it wouldn't harm Asians or Jews. And firstly, like it, it, that's obviously not true. Like then why were they locking them into buildings and giving more of the vaccines to, to the Jews than anyone else? And by the way, I'm just here to tell you, you can't possibly create an illness and have it not affect the Jews because the Jews are by nature going to be the most affected by anything. We're the least cool people. We might be the smartest people, but we're the least cool people. Like the rest of you guys are just eating cheese and you're fine. I, I can't eat cheese. The rest of you can just go about life. I, I'm on the road with these people. They're eating nothing but fried food. You fucking goyim in your stomachs. And I'm just complaining about my back and my stomach all the time. 
That is my number one hobby these days, other than telling jokes, is being at home and complaining about physical ailments. And you're trying to think that there's actual bio labs out there that can be creating things that would skip over the Jews? Doesn't exist. If you're creating an illness, it's taking out the Jews first. That's the way it works. On that note, though, there is that account on uh, Twitter. I believe it's uh, clandestine who has been running with the most interesting claim about the Ukrainian war is that we've been man we've been working in these bio labs, creating shit that would take out the the, the non-Jews and take out the ethnic Russians and the Christians of the world. And so Putin went in, in there, and his game is to take over these bio labs and prove what Fauci's been doing all along. He's going in there for the evidence. Bold and interesting claim. All right, now. Let's get into um, some RFK talk because uh, we did an entire another episode on uh, part of the problem about it. And I, I mean, I'm starting to gear up. You're starting to get me a little angry here. Like I might actually sit down and do my homework. You're starting to get me a little bit interested. But at the same time, I kind of hope that we move on from this topic because I, I don't want to do my homework on it. And I'm annoyed that I told the I told the audience, hey, I did a whole 20-minute thing that was longer, and then I gave them the bridge version, and then they're yelling about the bridge version. Not enough people are checking out Run Your Mouth. Tell your friends, quit sleeping on Porch Store. Quit sleeping on the Run Your Mouths. You want to live in the future? You want to celebrate being right? You want to hear about, oh, shout out sheathunderwear.com. I fucked up. I didn't bring enough underwear. I was wearing not sheath on a plane today, and it was not comfortable. I sat down twice, and the uh, boxer brief just scrunched up, and then I had to just, I had to march back to the bathroom like I was making more diarrhea than I was just to correct my underwear. I was wedging myself because I didn't pack enough sheath underwear on this trip because it was it was hot, sweaty summer balls out there, not to mention the fact that I left New York City and somehow had to confront, I, like, I, I moved away from New York City after two weeks of being indoors because of these Canadian wildfires to be back in the Canadian wildfire smoke. Is that going to be my summer now that it's finally the Northeast has been spared and everywhere that I travel to, I got to deal with Canadian wildfires and fumes from fake trees. Anyways, I was trying to talk about it. Sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM and get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls. Man, it is summer out. You don't want to be out living your life without sheath underwear. It just, it's a, it's a poor way to live. I'm telling you, these sheaths hold up. I got the first ones that he gave me from four years ago. It doesn't ride up your ass crack. It doesn't bunch up. It doesn't give you a wedgie. It doesn't grab your nuts in an uncomfortable way. Whatever underwear you're wearing, it sucks. It's time to step up your game. Come out to Summer Porch Store and wear yourself some sheaths so that you can be comfortable when you sit in your own lawn chair and you drink your beers. All right, so continuing with this, uh, some RFK stuff. Uh, I am hoping that we move on to the top from the topic because at some point, if it really does keep coming up, I'm going to have to sit down and really, uh, you know, get autistic about it, get into the weeds, read all the papers, do all the research, talk to more doctors. And we're done with the COVID stuff. I thought I wouldn't have to worry about science for the rest of my life. Like, here's an example of a topic I found more interesting. There was a story this past week that Anchor Brewery, a legendary brewery out in San Francisco, closed. And part of the storyline, as reported by the New York Post, was that it closed because the unions kept asking for more and more raises. And it got to a point that one of the original crap breweries in this country, because of what they were paying, and I'm sure other factors, they could no longer afford to remain in business. And there was a, an additional issue that amidst COVID, when they were ramping down, the union was going for more. I wonder how many businesses in the United States of America have been ruined by unions. 
That, to me, would be a fascinating story. Here's two fascinating stories in American business and infrastructure. You look at, like, General Motors, and at one point they used to own, I think it's Dago or whatever. They used to own all the auto part manufacturers. Government came around, and it broke that up. Similar thing happened with Microsoft. They spent years, like, uh, not that I'm pro Bill Gates in any capacity, but maybe he realized that you got to play the game dirty when they were trying to trust bust him. But, like, government seems to come in, and they'll break up big businesses saying, hey, you're boxing other people out, and then you turn around a couple years later, and, like, the industry has totally surpassed them. And it's like, what, what might that corporation been able to accomplish and continue to have competed if the government didn't come in and try and break it up? Or you look at, like, General Motors. This one I know for sure. It's like the unions agreed to better deals from Toyota that gave Toyota a comparative advantage against General Motors because their labor costs in the United States were less. I believe I have that storyline right. I haven't read about that one in a while. But I just wonder, like, how many industries have been gutted? Look at the American education system and how many kids are just, you know, well, not that I'm pro-public school in any way, but I bet public schools would be better if there weren't all these uh, cushy little pension fund jobs. They used to talk about in New York City, like, I think they called them rubber rooms, where basically teachers would get fired for doing, like, creepy shit for kids. And then instead of firing them because the unions were so good, they just wouldn't let them in classrooms because they didn't want them around kids. But the union wouldn't let them fire them, so they would just pay them to show up to work all day, sit in a room, and just read the New York Post, which isn't a bad life. I should go do that. I mean, that's basically what I do with my day. I love reading the New York Post. Listening to some tunes and listening to New York Post doesn't get any better than that. That's a fascinating storyline. How many, like, where would we be as a country? Like, how many jobs and industries have unions gutted while, you know, claiming that they're protecting some workers and then not even realizing how many other people could have had jobs or continue to keep their jobs? Short-sighted. But no, everyone wants to get into science and stats and all the shit that makes me fucking bored and feel like I'm back in school. But, you know... We ended up, topic topic circled back around, we were talking about it again, and then, sure enough, it's the circle of the internet, I'm reading the YouTube comments, and people are saying that I must be working for Big Pharma, which if that's true, you know, where's that check? Let's get a working green screen, let's get a producer over here, let's get a high-end microphone, where, 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 where's that pharma money? We're doing okay over here with the back end of YoKratom.com, home of the $60 Keyless Sheath Underwear.com. They're just on the road a bunch and moving equipment around, and we do have a producer, but, you know, he competes in the Special Olympics. Anyways, now, my experience with the medical establishment is that you show up, they don't know what's wrong with you, and then they keep sending you bills. And then eventually those bills go to collection agencies because you ignore the bills because they're like, I don't need, well, what is this bill? You ignore it, and then you get phone calls for the rest of your life, and your credit score keeps going down, and then you realize, all right, I'll probably never buy a house because I don't have credit for it, and then you don't have any financial goals, and that just becomes your lifestyle. So that's my, uh, that's my take on pharma. Is I'm sure there's some great doctors out there. I've met some of you guys. You guys are listening to the show. You're sponsoring the show. There's some good doctors. Not that I've ever, not that I've never had an experience where I've seen a doctor and they fixed something that was wrong, but I've had plenty of experiences where you visit doctors and they're running this test, they're running that test, they're telling you, oh, I don't know, and then the next thing you know, you're getting a, you're getting a, you're getting a bill in the mail. Every step of the way, when I research the pharmaceutical industry, when I research insurance, when I, re- it's always a story of you know basically working with the government, increasing costs boosting their profits at consumer expense. And, I, and I've been covering this forever. And then lastly, I just want to say, I'm not married to the fact that vaccines work. 
It's just something they fucking taught me about in school. Same as uh, the Federal Reserve. Same as the New Deal. You know how many things they taught me about in school that just turned out not to be true? Like, I, I, I've never... I have known nothing about vaccines other than at some point in school they told me that there was this thing called vaccines and they were helpful. That is the extent of what I know about vaccines. So believe me, I'm not pro-big pharma. I'm not pro the way our medical industry works. And I'm not that into, hey, someone told me something when I was 12 in a biology class that I didn't want to sit in. And so therefore that must be factually accurate. Now, I was giving some further thought to vaccines. And before we uh, criticize the YouTube commenters, and I, I see Stephen here is waiting. Don't worry, Steve, I'll get, to you, I'll get to you shortly, and we really dig in on this one. I was giving it some thought, and I do think that in a perfect world, if you got rid of liability protection, everything would just be priced in. And this is something that I've said before, but like I was giving it more thought, and I really kind of like, I really think that this makes sense in my head. And I will allow, allow me to explain. Let's say you put out a million of vaccines and you know that three people are going to be injured by these vaccines. And so instead of charging $100 for the vaccine, you charge $102, meaning you bring in $2 million that you can pay out to the victims of your vaccines, $1 million to each of the two victims that you know are going to be victims. So you've you've priced in the damages from because that's what would happen. If you were forced to pay the damages for your product, your product would be more expensive to price in the fact that you had to pay out damages. That's the way it would work. And now how perfect of a system is that where if a vaccine cost me $1,000, they're also telling me this is a somewhat risky vaccine because why does this vaccine cost $1,000 when that vaccine costs $250? Well, because the $250 vaccine has a lot less victims than the $1,000 vaccine. It's almost a perfect system of letting you know exactly how safe the product is because a more expensive vaccine, clearly, well, I guess maybe you'd have a new one with remarkable technology, but then people would probably be dropping dead from something like if the mRNA technology like actually worked type thing. But I'm saying like with a broad stroke here, price is a signal. And if vaccine companies were forced to pay for damages, it would seem to me like you would have a nearly perfect system where you wouldn't have to ban the technology. You wouldn't even have to do much. It would just be a function of the price would signal to you the safety of any specific vaccine. Now, the issue now is I'm sure that pharma would say, well, my product should be doctored in. We're going to be opened up to frivolous lawsuits. Or the other issue would be, how do you actually prove vaccine injury, which are all interesting questions. But I would think if they were open to liability, you would then see insurance companies who probably didn't even want to pay for the insurance costs, which is surprising that like if vaccines cause massive amount of injuries, that the insurance companies, which are also a for profit industry, wouldn't be performing more research to prove the harm so that maybe they could hold other people accountable as opposed to having to pay those bills. So just theoretically, in a more perfect world. I would think that vaccine liability doesn't make sense to me why that should exist. And it would also seem to be a pretty perfect market solution for determining uh, whether or not the products are safe because it could literally just be priced in. And then also, if there was utility to everyone getting vaccinated, but harm to specific individuals, we could be compensating the specific individuals. That seems to me to be a working system. With all that being said, I do want to criticize everything that I am hearing Uh, in regards to RFK, and you might be going, well, my idea of getting rid of the uh, vaccine, like uh, liability 
that they can't be sued, I end up at the same place. So why criticize him? And because I'm autistic, that's why. And so we're going to get into the weeds. No, I have a very specific issue here, which is I think that information when it's honest and good needs to be presented in a particular way. And when I don't see it being given in a particular way where I can follow it and make an informed decision, I get annoyed by that because I'm interested in actual truth and information. And when information is not presented in that way, I think for all of us, all right, well, how are we ever going to be informed or have truth if so many people are accepting of bullshit? The same way you were sold by Fauci or other individuals were sold by Fauci and the CDC on the mRNA vaccines. And I was screaming, hey, they are giving you dishonest information. Here's the information that you would need to make an informed decision. I also look at least the way that it's being presented by RFK and podcast. I've not read all of his books and I go, this is not enough information to be making an informed decision. So I'm going to hone in on the criticism a little bit. Um, as I've said, I've listened to him on a couple appearances and his opinion to me is unclear and he doesn't give you enough information to go. Here's the clear tra- trade off of if we were to be getting rid of vaccines. And now I read quite a few comments of people who are criticizing my take, and I was very open to maybe I'm getting this wrong. Maybe I'm getting this wrong. Maybe I'm not understanding what RFK was saying. Uh, and so I'm going to read two of, I think, the better comments that I saw in the in like the YouTube comments of what the criticisms were. And it was driving me a little bit nuts because I was like, I don't think they're addressing what I was saying. It feels like we're talking past each other, but maybe I'm missing something here. So I'm going to read, uh, I'm actually going to read two of these and then a longer email that I received along with the response. And then we're going to bring Steven on who has more information specifically to the, uh, to the polio vaccine. So here was, uh, um, here was the first one. Um, not sure why Robbie is talking, what Robbie is talking about regarding RFK stance on vaccines. He's very clear on wanting double blind testing and seeing the results. So, uh, by the way, I, I, maybe I'm jumping forward. Maybe I'm uh, not building the tension enough, the mystery here. But just to go off of that one comment, because I think it's going to be the same in all of these, um, I'm going to reread it. He goes, not sure what Robbie's talking about regarding RFK stance on vaccines. He's very clear on wanting double-blind testing and seeing the results. But if none of the current products have been double-blind tested, so then is he getting rid of all the current vaccines? And then isn't he anti-vaccine? We're fine. If you're saying he's pro-vaccine but they all need to be double blind tested. So then the implication from that is anything that's not double blind tested, he's getting rid of. And then wouldn't you wanna have an actual conversation about the utility of vaccines, the risk profile of all of them, and whether or not that's a good trade-off? Isn't that the information that you would need to make a good decision about where he's coming from? Because to me, it's a weasel move to just go, oh yeah, he just wants them all to be double blind tested. In other words, so he's removing all the current ones from market. That's what I'm asking. I'm asking, what is the implication of him saying, well, I just want them all to be double blind. Well, they're not. So you're saying that you would remove them. Isn't that what he's saying? Well, uh, and then, by the way, the fact that I have to ask that, isn't that very proof of the fact that what he's saying is unclear? You're pulling a weasel trick by going, oh, well, I just I, I just want them all to be double blind tested. Fine, they're not. They're not currently double blind tested. So the implication is, is he removing them from market? That's my question. I think that's a reasonable question. And I think the fact that I'm asking that question presents that what he said at least isn't clear. I think that that criticism at least is valid by me. All right, here's the next one. Um, uh, Rob, this was the other person quoting me. By the way, I didn't really listen to the episode, so maybe maybe, uh, maybe I was uh, worse on that one. All right, Rob, it isn't about risk versus reward, and RFK Jr. isn't giving his opinion on vaccines. RFK Jr., 
This is him saying what, I guess, RFK Jr. would respond. We can't make this calculation on risk versus reward with adequate safety testing. My position is that they should be properly tested. Okay, and so they're not currently properly tested, in your opinion. So are you saying that they should all be removed from market? And then if you're saying that we can't adequately address the risk profile, okay, fine, fine. Maybe they're not, they haven't been tested in a way that we know the, the risk of it. But the total risk, like let's say, and this is going to be, I'm going to repeat this point because the the same criticism came in in an email and I kind of wrote it out and I'm going to read that. Um, But let's say the total amount of autism all came from vaccines. Let's just imagine for a second. The total amount of autism came from vaccines. But if we got rid of all the vaccines, you'd end up with 3 million more deaths a year. Wouldn't the value of the current vaccine regimen outweigh the cost of even if you attributed every single possible injury to being from the vaccines so the idea that you can't make a calculation at all about the benefit when you don't know the specific risks isn't true because even if you were to attribute all risks as being from that you might still end up with a benefit to the general vaccine so you would need to have some sort of a conversation about the actual utility of vaccines versus the risks of them and then you can start making general strokes about like uh how risky they are but like you would need to actually quantify to some level, like, so in your opinion, what do you think is the risk of currently taking vaccines? The worst case, give me the worst case scenario. If you can't, like, if you can't price out the utility in any capacity or the risk in any capacity, so it sounds like you're not making any recommendations, so then why is the recommendation to remove them? You have it, like, it, 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 that doesn't make sense either. Okay, so I got an email from someone that laid it out And when I got the email, I was a little bit more inclined to respond because I felt like if I hopped into the YouTube comments and was just responding to YouTube comments, it would all get out of control. And I was genuinely curious if I was like just completely missing something from what RFK was saying. Um, And so I'm going to read this person's email. I'm actually going to read my responses because at least they responded with like, all right, I now understand where you're coming from. And so maybe this better lays out what I was trying to say. So, uh, person said, hey, Rob, hope you're having a great summer. I'm a big fan of yours and yours usually agree with your takes. You brought this up three times now, so I got to send an email. I've watched a lot of RFK and I thought his vaccine stance was pretty clear. There you go. Once again, they're throwing at me. Hey, what, what RFK has got to say is obvious. You're, you're the dumbass here that you just can't get this. Here we go. The FDA should require the pharmaceutical companies to produce RCTs on childhood vaccines using an actual placebo like saline not testing a new vaccine against an old vaccine and fraudulently referring to that old vaccine as a placebo. If you don't know the risk, you cannot do a risk benefit calculation. So once again, it's the exact same question that I had before. If none of the vaccines have been tested in this way, wouldn't you be removing them all from market or at least making a government recommendation not to take them, which to me would be getting rid of them. If the government formally made a suggestion that you should not be taking vaccines, my guess is your doctor then wouldn't recommend it. And that would probably change all the liability of it. So effectively you'd be getting rid of it, right? So let me, let, let's just, let, so just to repeat, they were trying to say, hey, RFK's position is clear. Uh, they have not been properly tested. And until, the, and so now I'm asking, so does that mean until they're properly tested, they should be removed from market, according to him. Which, once again, the fact that I even need to ask that question, doesn't that present that what he's saying is unclear? All right, and I'll, I'll continue reading. I believe this is standard procedure for other drugs. This is from her. Even Pfizer used a saline placebo, but the other ones on the childhood schedule did not. 
if in fact, in many cases, the old vaccine they're calling a placebo was not safety tested against saline, if you're interested, there's a book called Turtles All the Way Down that goes into each vaccine and, and what was used as a placebo in detail in chapter one. So I somewhat, I, I mean, I understand the point. The point is that they rigged the way that they brought it to market. Um, they didn't actually test against saline solution. So if they're testing against an old vaccine, you might have the same amount of, uh, let's just go with autism in the community of people who took the old vaccine as the new vaccine. So you wouldn't go with like, there, imagine there's zero autism. Nobody drank while they were pregnant. Uh, that never happened. You never had older fathers. You didn't have pollutants. You didn't have lead. You didn't have any of the possible factors. You didn't have new checklist systems and government money for programs that if your kid is uh, labeled as autistic, you get more money and resources for your schooling. Let's just pretend that there wasn't a single other variable. Autism didn't exist except for vaccines. So what they're saying is that if the original uh that you're comparing this to is the old vaccine, which also caused autism, then you're not actually seeing the risk profile. All right. So here was my response to that as well. Once again, so if you're saying that they need to be tested, so is he going to remove everything that wasn't been tested in that way? And then here's, uh, I'm going to continue my response on that. So basically his position is that he likes vaccines, just none of the current vaccines. The same way I could say I like mRNA technology, just not the COVID shot, and that there's no currently no mRNA technology that has been proven safe or effective, and until it is, we shouldn't use it. Essentially saying that mRNA is currently useless, but could be great in the future. So like this is what basically people are saying about RFKs. Conceptually, he likes vaccines. There are just no vaccines in practice he would recommend or allow. Once again, that's my confusion about this. Like, is, it doesn't make sense. It's like, oh, I, I, I don't know. I like the idea of, uh, of any, I don't know. Think of an example of a technology we don't currently use because it's never been proved that it's useful. And so I could say, yeah, I love that technology, but I wouldn't let anyone use it. I don't know. That's a confusing way for you to explain your position to me. So that's my confusion. This is back to what I wrote. What is he in practice recommending? None of the current vaccines, 69 out of the 72 of the current vaccines. Why don't I hear a specific recommendation of what would be better practice right now? Take none until we run the studies. Take this ones until. Additionally, if you don't know the utility of the vaccines, might it be a dangerous decision to remove most or all of them? How would you know it's not dangerous to remove them? I understand that that's almost like a how would you prove that God doesn't exist type thing, but let me continue. The norm now is to take them. How do we know what protection we might have or not have for, from them? Stated differently, and focus everybody if you weren't following me thus far, because this is a very clear point, do all the current vaccines have zero utility? All right? I mean, that's a, that's a crucial question here. So once again, the way that you would need to lay out the information to me, I'm just going to make it simple. Are you saying that we should get rid of all of the current vaccines? And if you are saying that we should get rid of all the current vaccines or some of the current vaccines, why are you saying that? Is it because they have zero utility and they're riskier than they are good? Or are you just saying that we should get rid of all of them until we can establish that they are riskier, that they aren't riskier than they are good? But then what might that cause? That's a change from the current norm. Might we have an explosion of pandemics? Because that sounds risky to me as well. Wouldn't you want some sort of like an understanding of that? All right, let's continue. On this sentence, if you don't know the risk, you do, cannot do a risk slash benefit calculation. I had already said this earlier in the episode, but I will repeat it. This doesn't strike me as accurate. Let's just say we know that there's 27 autistic kids per 1,000 in the U.S., and we can't establish whether there's a risk of vaccine from another cause. But preventing a disease that kills 500 out of 1,000 kids. 
So now, even if the 27 of the 27 autistic kids were directly caused by the vaccine, wouldn't the benefits still outweigh the risk? I don't necessarily know how much risk there is in all causes, if it's essentially less, substantially less than the lives being saved. This isn't a claim. Also, this isn't a claim for me against best practices. I'm just noting that this claim of being totally unable to do a risk slash benefit analysis sounds wrong because of a vaccine had extraordinary utility that dwarfed all problems that, that might exist for the vaccine. It would still be a net good. You see, this is why I normally just rant instead of read my thoughts, because if I actually take the time to read them, I don't think they're any more clear. All right. This was next from him. No one should be forced or coerced into taking a vaccine. Likewise, people can choose if they want to take a vaccine. Once again, this was from their email saying that this is RFK's position that no one should be forced or coerced into taking a vaccine. Likewise, people can choose if they want to take a vaccine, which to me, this is also unclear and evasive because the conversation isn't really about whether or not people should be forced to take vaccines. I agree. No one should be forced to take a vaccine. But here's my confusion about that stance. I'm fine that no one should be forced. I don't really think the argument here is about force because is he recommending that the product shouldn't be used and does he have information that it's harming people? If he truly believes that it's harming people, why then would he, wouldn't he ban it? RFK is not a free market libertarian. Would he treat it like heroin? Does it at all strike you as dishonest that he has sees a product as poison but will allow people to give it to their children because it's falsely marketed as being good for them? If someone was selling lead pacifiers and said it was good for your baby's developing strong bones, would he allow people to continue purchasing it? Or does he not believe that it's dangerous on that level? Kind of comes back to my point of you would actually need to have a conversation about utility versus risk. Like, I don't understand. If he actually thinks that this is deadly, then why wouldn't he take a more positive stance that no one should have it, unless that's not really what he believes? Once again, the fact that I think, based on what you've heard him say on podcast, that's a reasonable question would prove my point that at a minimum, he's not being clear about his stance. And then lastly, they went on to say he wants to remove their special liability protection, which I've already said, I mean, I agree with that. All right, so with all that said, I now bring on our resident um, non-scientist, Steven to the show. Rob, Steven, how are we doing? Was my reading my writing okay, or did that get a little too confusing of who mm -hmm. I was jumping back and forth between? You there, buddy? I can't hear you all of a sudden. It's kind of weird. It cut out on me. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me, buddy? Hmm. What about other people? Can other people out there, can you guys hear me? Or have I uh, cut out for you guys as well? Testing. No, my mic's still coming through. I think uh, you might just have your audio muted, buddy. All right, Stephen, while I wait for you to figure out how to hear me, I'll take a couple hmm. comments here. All right. Ev Guarder, 1975. The question is, how many porches are you not invited Let's back to? Hasn't happened yet. Um, Luke Sacher. At Anything Goes, I was one of 10 camera assistants on Guns N' Roses Paradise City at Giant Stadium. Keep going now. They totally suck. In my humble opinion, Van Halen. You know, I only saw Guns N' Roses oh, no, once. Oh, man. We, I might have to reconnect. Yeah, it's fine. Go and go, go, come back and reconnect. I can, don't worry. I can rant. Um, uh, I saw Guns N' Roses once. It was in high school. It was when they rebooted the band with Buckethead. And Axl Rose is such a son of a bitch. He didn't show up to like, I don't know, whatever the time the last train I had to take because I was in high school. And like for the amount of time he did the concert, it was okay. And then it was also like back 
when was I in high school? I guess early 2000s. So they were still roaming the stadium with the camera guy going to oh, random man. hot chicks. Show us your tits. Man. The whole fucking Madison Square Garden. Show it. That was a different era. You wouldn't do that now. And then some of the women would show their tits. Like, that was kind of cool because I was in high school. I didn't get to see any tits except my own tits. But, you know, I wasn't seeing no titties back in high school. This was even the pre-porn days. You had to go to Madison Square Garden and see the bad version of Guns N' Roses without, um, uh, Jesus Christ, Slash, replaced by Buckethead. And Buckethead's one of those guitars that's, like, perfect at playing the guitar, but kind of boring at the same time because he's, like, so perfect. There's nothing that interesting about it. I Like, the, there's a couple guitar players that fall into that category. All right, let's take a couple more, and then we'll, uh, we'll bring uh, Steven back on. Anything goes. Yes, the conversation will be about being forced because of that. At that time, the White House tried to force a vaccine. So I want to hear every to hear every candidate's thought on force. I understand your point that the mRNA was forced um, and hearing their opinions about whether or not. Yeah, I guess that's true. But even if you're saying the fact what I, I what I'm saying is even if you're saying the vaccines, if everyone were to concede that no one should be forced to take vaccines, there's still a question of whether or not it would be medical guidance or allowed to take them, or if you had overwhelming evidence of the fact that they're dangerous and should be removed from market. Um, Sandra Dania, we can hear both of you. There you go, Stephen. I don't know what you're talking about. Speaking of sinks, how about getting? Uh, how about getting so used to public sinks turning on when you put your hands under it that when you put your hands under one that has knobs, you're actually a little irritated? Uh, you know, as a retarded person, I haven't had that happen yet, but I could see that happening. Uh, the most stoned I ever got at a concert was I hadn't smoked weed in a number of years, and I went to see, um, at the time, it was Bob Weir when he was doing Rat Dog, which is a band that I miss. I, I, I don't like the current... Um, one with John Mayer, which is partially because of Bob Weir. Like, I actually really love Bob Weir. I even loved, I thought, his solo album that he put out a couple years ago with Blue Mountain um, and You're Going Gone. That's one of the best new songs I've heard in years. But when he's playing the dead stuff now, I like I like the dead stuff when it's got, like, a higher paced pace tempo. Like, I like the way J-Rad does it. I like the way Phil and Friends does it. I like it when you get a when you get more of a tempo, more of an electric feel when you're kind of jamming it out. I find in the current John Mayer and Bob Weir version, they've slowed down the te- tempo quite a bit, and I, I certainly am not interested in the Bob Weir. Uh, I, like I said, I love Bob Weir. I'm, I'm not trying to hate on the guy, but the current versions, he's playing like a lower tempo thing. It's not my favorite version. Oh yeah, but I was trying to tell you we were talking about sinks. I was going to talk about sinks. So I had this concert. Uh, I, I smoked weed for the first time in like two years. Also, like I was having a party day and I chugged like six beers before I even got into like the venue. This was college drinking. You know, when you really got after it, you're like, we're we're having a night to get fucked up. I can't remember the last time I like dedicated an evening to like I am getting fucked up. I, I probably wouldn't because I'd get hungover. Like now you have like a drink, you get loose, you enjoy yourself. You realize, oh shit, I'm getting shit faced and you stop. But there was a time when you're like, I'm getting after it. Like it was a homework assignment. So anyways, I got so stoned. Then I went to the bathroom and I was washing my hands and I looked up and I didn't see my reflection in the mirror. And I started to think maybe I was a ghost and I died at the concert until I finally realized that there was no mirror. And I was just looking at people on the other side of the bathroom because it was a sink where you could just see like it was like there was no mirror. It was just a sink and then a sink is on the other side. Um, just trying to point out I could understand how you could stand there with the sink that's supposed to just turn on and be like, how come the thing isn't working? All right, Steven. How much, can you hear me now? 
Oh man, I think we're all clear. Am I coming through? Yeah, we're coming through. All right, cool. I, oh, I wasted dude. times with uh, tales of being too stoned at a concert. Uh, all right, Stephen. I feel like maybe I bombarded people with a lack of clarity on that email. So I'm just going to hone the claims and hand it back to you. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think the middle ground here is that RFK's point is the pharmaceutical companies are lying, which they actually are. And the problem that everyone needs to put themselves in is, is it okay for your kid to be in that placebo group when the disease is polio, right? When they're looking at getting paralyzed. So it's when it comes to vaccines, unlike any other pharmaceutical, when you develop it, it's not a zero sum game where, you know, there's already treatments or, and if there are treatments, actually a lot of drugs aren't just tested against placebo. They're actually tested against uh, previous treatments as well. So that's another bar they have to clear. Vaccines just skip that just because it's unethical to give someone kind of the placebo. At least that's the argument if you understand it. Okay. But now I don't, I would think if I create something and it's never existed, so I'm going to, I'm going to help people. Well, I guess. Yeah, I, okay. Can, can I jump in yeah, here? Cause it sure. relates to the polio vaccine. All right. So um, I guess the conclusion first, well, the guy Jonas Salk that came out with the polio vaccine, he tested it on his family and him first. How amazing is that? Um, That's pretty good. Or he, he pulled the same sales trick that the, uh, they did with the MRNA where they showed up on TV and pretended like they were getting themselves shot with it. Dude, nothing but a contrast. He didn't make a dime from it. He didn't patent it or anything. He gave the polio vaccine out for free for everyone. Um, and he basically said, like, how could you patent something like the wheel or fire, you know? And and, and just contrast that with Anthony Fauci, right? right? He's kind of very money hungry and everything's behind closed doors. The guy that created this inactivated, and that's important, this is the inactivated polio vaccine in like 1955 that stopped the polio pandemic that was really getting started. About one in 5,000 people were paralyzed in 1952, while about right. one in 2,000 so I got, got I got to pull this up because I, I think I kind of agree with Sandra on this, which okay. is, is it ethical to give millions of babies a vaccine that has not been safety tested against a placebo? So in other words, if I haven't brought something to market and you're at risk for some deadly disease, and I've got something that I think can cure it. Um, now, but uh, can I, I jump think, in here real quick? Yeah, because it's, okay, it's not but, a random chemical. It's actually right. So, so the idea of the vaccine is that your infant's going to get exposed to this anyway. We're just going to do it in a more controlled fashion. So that's and but now you get into adjuncts and different stuff, different fancy stuff they do to vaccines, which I'm on your side. But the whole premise that this uh, vaccine is some new thing. It's not. It's the actual virus. Like it's the actual part of the bacteria. Oh, virus I get, I get given, what you're saying. Let me yeah. let me just I, I'm going to hone this down because this makes sense. Let's just imagine. Let's just keep this really simple. Let's imagine that oxygen became poisonous to human beings, right? Let's just imagine. Theoretically, oxygen became poisonous to human beings. You walk outside and you're exposed to oxygen for more than a week. You're going to die because it's poisonous to human beings. We've got a different version of oxygen that we're going to inject you with, and then you're going to be able to process the oxygen outdoors. Now, oxygen is already deadly, right? And we're giving you a version of oxygen that's going to make the other oxygen acceptable to you. So in that instance, we don't have like the double blind factor changes because it's assumed that you're going to be exposed to this to this thing. Anyways, you might as well be exposed to the safer element. It's almost like the same way if you are for sure going to be dying of cancer, 
we might expose you to something that's less proven to be safe because you're highly likely to die anyways. So just, but just to hone it down, because what you're saying, then on a pure basis, if we were just giving you dead virus with nothing else, it would right. make sense that things don't need to be double blind tested. The problem is with the other ingredients going in, such as like I've heard of RFK talk about the mercury or otherwise, but then couldn't you do like trials of just those chemicals at those at that level couldn't you almost yeah and yes. they've done those but just not on pregnant women and not in children so that sounds to me like a kind of practical solution of deciding whether or not the chemicals are dangerous again no pregnant woman wants to be in a clinical trial when it could affect their baby eh, and, and there are rules against that yeah i know it's i know i know i'm just you know i, I don't make the rule i guess i, I you know i can kind of see that you know, but I, and, and again, I'm totally, with I mean, isn't that the just, better option than just putting it in and not knowing? Yeah, well, there, there are actually strict vaccine regimens that doctors follow. Like, so I, I mentioned that some of the polio virus is actually a weakened version of the live virus, which is the one that can still spread in parts of the world, but it's easier to give versus the dead version. So we actually are not allowed to give pregnant women any live viruses for that very reason, because it might infect their fetus so like they're they're not they're not like alive and healthy they're alive and weakened but they're still live viruses right versus some other vaccines which are just parts of dead stuff okay so, so there is a discrepancy right. made so so people are recognizing risks between the actual which makes sense like you know biology about the viruses so there are risks it's just like are are the risks told enough no and and ha did, did someone clearly make a decision to lie just because it's beneficial that more people get them absolutely Right. But then the risk reward is clearly, you know, we can go into kind of polio specifics or just generally how the live vaccine only requires you to take it in the mouth once. No refrigerator. So they give that out all over the world. But then you can also leak live polio from when you go to the bathroom. And that's how you spread it to people that aren't vaccinated. OK, so let's just uh, let's just uh, hone uh, or direct the conversation a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's fun. Dude. Yeah. My criticism would be. Is he trying to get rid of all vaccines or some of the vaccines? And what would be the specific cost benefit of any given vaccines either being taken off market? Now, it's very easy and lazy to go, I understand that farmer's bad and there's probably too many vaccines. So we should probably take the middle ground. If there's 70, then 35, everyone's <laughs> happy. That's fucking stupid. Right. Uh, each vaccine on an individual basis is either good or it's either bad. And a specific recommendation should be made because all of them are studied and proven as being more beneficial than they are harmful. And with all that said, no one should be forced to have to take them. Based on what everyone here is saying of, uh, you know, RFK's position is that everything that's not double blind tested should just be, I guess, taken from market. That's my best assumption of what his stance would be or not recommended. So you seem to think that on some vaccines... It is very clear that the utility of the vaccine is massively important for human beings. And the one that you point to as being, I guess, the best evidence of you wouldn't want to get rid of this one is the polio vaccine. Do I have the story right so far? Right. And just to hone on the point that you kind of you, you were really interested in and picked up, that I think it's a really strong argument is that traditionally and, and this mrna thing really fucked everything up right traditionally vaccines are just that same disease the same pathogen you're trying to fight 
but just weakened or just cut up in little pieces. So, the, so, and that's literally it, that in like a salt solution or oil solution. So the, the idea so why, that it's- So if, if, if it would work in just a salt or oil solution, why are they adding all the other bullshit? Because in order to kind of alarm the body enough, because this isn't a live infection versus a live infection that's literally literally growing in your cells and moving around your body. This is just something that's floating there. They add this extra shit to inflame your body to pretend it's a, to, for, to make it freak out. So then it builds a stronger immune defense so that they don't have to vaccinate you as frequently. OK, and then just I haven't read the book, but people have told me about the moth in the iron lung, which I guess just from reading his Twitter thread argues that. Um, I guess maybe what you were seeing was not actually the polio virus, but a, a result of pollutants at the time. Wow. Um, I don't, I don't know enough, um, to get okay. into that. I mean, um, I know, I know about the polio virus. I can tell you the diagnosed polio numbers and what they were and how they came down. Right. Um, I can also tell you they cultured polio in a lab, um, which is pretty amazing. This is stuff that graduate students do. They were doing this 50 years ago, you know, and, and there are right. electron microscope pictures of it. Um, I'm sure there's some truth to what he's saying, but you know, like all things, I, I don't, you know, that's, that's a pretty crazy claim, but I, yeah. All right. Let's just take one, uh, question and then we'll go back to your points. This is from Sandra. Yeah, How is question. unethical to not inject those chemicals sans virus into babies and pregnant women in a study, but it's ethical to coerce them to take vaccine that include those chemicals. Oh, uh, could you, I'm sorry. Could you clarify? I'll let uh, you read it. Yeah. So it, so how is it unethical um, to not so it's unethical to not inject chemicals? OK, so so it's unethical to well, it's not only unethical, but people don't necessarily want it. Right. I, I just you know, I I don't think there's enough perhaps like people signing up for an age match trial. Um, You know, I, I'm not like a pharmaceutical rep, but, um, you know, it, it's it's unethical. It's not it's not a scientist telling the patient it's unethical. It's a mom saying no no no. You're not going to test nothing on my baby. Um, you ain't touching my baby. Yeah right. It, it's not it's not like oh no ma'am like you're not allowed to you're not allowed to you know. I guess there is some you're not allowed to not vaccinate your baby if you want to go to certain government things. So it gets really complicated. But all I'm saying is that I got an email. It, uh, it's very from, different. From, yeah, I got sorry, an email go from a, from a doctor who was saying that he agreed with me on the RFK stuff, uh, but he was outlying. You know what? I I think this is yeah, go ahead, a, pu- a public article so I can I can <clears throat> put it out. I probably should add. No, I mean. If a guy sent me a Substack article that he wrote, is there any reason? You know what? No, I'll, I'll ask him permission on the next one because maybe the fact that I've said that he emailed me that he agreed on me is not. So I, I like to ask permission before I, uh, you know, the things that come in email. But he, he was telling me that he works as a doctor. And I guess I've also heard something similar from uh, Dr. Krim. But there's a lot of pediatricians that everything is logged digitally now. And I think okay. they are incentivized to treat people in particular ways. And so there's some pediatrician or other doctors that if you refuse vaccination, I guess they'll no longer take you on as a patient. Right. And so I guess in in a sense, that is a form of almost that right. is coercion at that point of you have right. to get vaccinated because then you're making a decision that you don't want your child to get any modern medical care. Oh, um, which which is not like that's incredibly risky. Right. Uh, and he was also saying that you have an issue that like, let's say you're a person, you're a little bit reluctant. Like you've heard a firsthand story from a friend, got a vaccine fever, then was autism, uh, had autism. And you go to your doctor and you ask about them. 
the doctor's not prepared to have that conversation with you. Right. He doesn't have the time to have that conversation with you. And if you say, I want more information, then I'll go, sure, you can go research that. But until your kid's vaccinated, I'm not treating them. And then you're kind of stuck. I have an answer to that last question. What you yes. just said, uh, really, it, it put it into context what her question was. Um, so the answer to your question is it's unethical because those babies most likely are going to encounter that live wild type disease eventually. And when they do, they're much better prepared to handle it if they've been vaccinated, despite the risks of that vaccination. Because if enough people don't get vaccinated, these wild type living viruses, just like COVID, are going to continue to mutate and be out there. They're not going to spread as rapidly as COVID, but they'll be much more deadly. They'll cause things like paralysis, like polio, for example. And so the idea is that you do, you know, it's kind of evil. It's weird. You need to incentivize people, um, hoard um, herd immunity to some extent um, to get vaccinated. But I agree that it's so murky the actual risk reward but without a doubt the risk reward for most of these in the traditional sense is to give them just because again all of us are going to encounter these diseases especially if you travel a lot like if you get on a plane and go to a different country that you have to get your vaccinations that's because you're better prepared well, for these I, wild type diseases if i don't yeah. get vaccinated for polio am i likely to confront polio no because everyone else and well it, it depends if you go to india then yes you know, it depends okay. on where you travel to, right? Because that's where they use the certain strain of the vaccine that people can shit it out and it travels in the river because everyone goes to the bathroom. There's so many people there. Right. Okay. Next question, uh, just to walk away with some practical guidance. You and I, we did a lot of homework and we debunked the shit out of that mRNA stuff. Oh, yeah. And one of the big things that we were saying was, hey, this isn't a vaccine. And then it's marketing that they're calling it a vaccine. Right. But we never said all the vaccines are bad. It's not something I was interested in researching. And Me now either. we're suddenly confronted with an audience of people going, hey, you're a bunch of idiots that you think vaccines work and RFKs, you know, he's spot on. Oh, so, again, like it's not that yeah. vaccines work. It's like for years and like, you know, I don't I don't I, I'm not going to talk about myself. I'm just saying for years, I've done nothing but use antibodies in like the context of what the immune system would be like characterizing immune cells, antibodies, their response in rats, monkeys, people, rodents, right? Like it, the, the word vaccines is charged, but the word vaccine really means literally almost like 80 years of natural immunity research. You can't have vaccines without antibodies, B cells, natural immunity, and literally this story that people have uncovered, which is how our bodies work. So that's why vaccines are a little bit different than these other synthetic drugs you make in a lab, because you make vaccines with the actual disease, you break it up and you give it to people as a better way to prepare them. At least traditionally, that's the idea, instead of literally making something from scratch. All right. Um, anything else that you want Run Your Mouth fans to know about either RFK, the polio vaccines, or the benefit of vaccines in general? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty amazing. So yeah, just the, the polio vaccine we give here in the United States, it requires, and, and again, I apologize, you know, uh, doctors, you know, more than me, I believe it's four doses that have to be at least two months apart, and they need to be injected by uh, someone that knows what they're doing, versus the other live vaccine, which only requires you a drop in the mouth, and you can put it on a sugar cube. And so th those are kind of the discrepancies. And once those, the first one was the United States vaccine in 1950. 1955 and then so by 1957 the cases went from um 58,000 people to 5600 people so a factor now, is that 10. is there any possibility because 
we saw that with COVID and I've heard the claim, but that like the utility was not the vaccine as much as you were already passed like the natural immunity curve right so so uh polio like was a problem in like the early 1900s it'll actually come around every summer so much so like kids they closed down kids swimming pools and stuff and it actually peaked in 1952 and then it was it was on the way down slowly but the fact that it then um by 1961 there are only 161 cases you know which is a factor of you know polio was seasonal and it would spike in summers, but then after the vaccine, it stopped spiking in the summers. And 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 well, I, I, it probably still spiked in the summers because that's when it came out. But the actual number of annual cases went down dramatically by uh, by like a factor of ten at least by every couple of years. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, and that's just yeah. Any other uh, vaccine <laughs> talk, or you want to talk XRP? Um, I, I think you're making a great point, and like I think the mRNA stuff really polluted the waters. It wasn't a vaccine; it was kind of like this genetic therapy experiment that was supposed to better prepare you for coronavirus. But because it's such a fast-spreading virus, nothing could really prepare you for it except for your own good health. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, XRP never bought it. Always wanted to buy it because we're <laughs> making headlines all the time. So I was like, yeah. "Oh, this one." When I was just betting like my eight the hard ways and buying stupid fucking shit coins, XRP right. was an exciting one because it was a name. It was a name brand, and I also like the gamble of, "Oh, there's a lawsuit happening. They might win this. I want. I want my money on the table." It was never oh. on any of the exchanges, so I never placed that bet. They just won a big SEC lawsuit, which um, uh, probably has very good implications for crypto in general. I'll give the broad strokes and hand it back to you for the specifics. Uh, The SEC is is one of the ways that it seems to be trying to regulate the crypto markets. And to get rid of it is to go, you guys have figured out a new way to sell securities. Now, the reason I take issue with that is I'm a dumbass and I've decided to make speculative bets and I've decided to purchase these things. Those are all my choices. I know what the SEC is up to. The same way certain industries benefit from like being tax free, all of Wall Street kind of benefits from having the endorsement of government. And there's all sorts of scams happening over there, but they kind of want to funnel you into the Wall Street scams. That's where they want. That's where you. They want you in the banks. They want you being scammed by their people and their players. They don't want competition on who gets to scam you. And you know what's nice about this other market without the regulators? You should know that you're being scammed and you should be doing more of your homework. And there's no reason why anyone should be putting their life savings into it or why government needs to protect you from being scammed. I chose to make wildly wildly speculative bets on some fucking really stupid cryptos that were sitting on an exchange that was my free that was my free decision. I don't need government to come in and funnel me into specific scams and pretend like they're safer. So just you know, higher level There's no reason for the SEC to be getting involved in this, but the thing that they were trying to pitch was, hey, they're selling securities, and then they decided specifically for XRP that um, it sounds like half of what they sold is being considered securities and half is not. And I forget the reason why. It was a technical reason, but I don't remember. Yeah, very important reason, and and that really um, helps Coinbase out. It really clears the path. So. The, um, the Howey test is basically when you issue a security to a person with the with the um, the the thought of profit. And so what the judge ruled is that when XRP, which is run by a centralized company, Ripple, XRP is just a crypto token that's supposed to be a international business exchange medium. Think of it as like a bridge currency. So for people to go back and forth 
but it's all run by a single company. So when this single company sold XRP to a bunch of institutional people in 2012, that's considered a security because they're buying it directly from a centralized company. But right. as XRP trades on what's called these secondary exchanges, which includes DeFi apps on our phone like Uniswap or Trust Wallet or Coinbase or Kraken, those are actually not securities because they're because they're they're not being issued by the company. They're they're actually just being used as an exchange medium of people kind of trading essentially Pokemon cards, right? Right. So and then uh Without any like real knowledge of this, does that affect the decision that was made in the library case at all? Or was that that was being sold directly? Because I know that they had a very similar uh, lawsuit that they had lost to the SEC. Interesting. I, I know the SEC has actually gone back and kind of settled a lot of those. I'd have to look at library, but I believe that was from the library company. So that was the problem. Right. But this judge and and they might overturn that because this is still going to trial. So a judge still needs to really kind of... um get more clarification i believe but i guess those two rulings are set in stone so xrp was a security when it was sold by a company to like people that are accredited institutional investors okay and now do you think that this uh you know th there's some bitcoin purists out there that almost look at everything else and they go the everything else is shit coins hey they're not truly decentralized they're all going to be scammed and rigged uh do you think it would be an improvement to the market if everything other than Bitcoin was basically gotten rid of because then it would almost like better solidify the market as uh, like Bitcoin's a true currency and get rid of some of the crap and stuff that pollutes that signal of like Bitcoin's real. Uh, or do no, you think be, this... no, because that would have to be like a dictate. Right. So that would be like the regulation. Right. And it doesn't, you know, anyone's chance to, to compete with Bitcoin was probably in 2015, but it, there really hasn't been a competitor. I think it's very clear. Anyone selling Bitcoin now is literally selling it to BlackRock. I'm not mad. It's not conspiracy theory. They told you they're buying it. So, I mean, I, sell it, sell, sell it to BlackRock all you want. I think the competition's good. I think Bitcoin and Bitcoiners have never been afraid of the competition. And that's what kind of solidifies it as an apex predator. You know, every time a dip gets bought and it creates a new low, that's just like another point on the chart. So I think the competition's good, but it's bad because I see where they're coming from, because a lot of them are kind of scams. And it's silly to kind of pretend this is the next Bitcoin or this is the next blah, 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 when it is a centralized company. And there are some security laws and Ripple does control the blockchain. They can stop it at any time. If they don't like you, they can freeze your Ripple. They can change the rules. How many Ripple will there be in 100 years? No one knows. I can tell you all of that's not true for Bitcoin and exactly how many there'll be. So it's very different. But I think in terms of onboarding people, I'll let it rip. Dude, the Wild West is fun. Um, I'm, I may or may not be holding some other coins, too, just for some monetary gains on the upswings because the chart looks good. But that doesn't mean I may or may not have like a non-KYC stack, like an El Salvador stack, something no one knows about, something right. people here's, know here's about, dude, phones need. everywhere. It doesn't matter, dude. All I'm saying is like you got to just you got to have your strategy. You can play on the ends. And I think it's all good because it's all more fair, at least than, the, than this fucking weird casino that people have been brainwashed into thinking it's not a casino. It's like somehow an investment in your future with these banks. And yeah. All right. Here's the coin we need. Steven's come. <laughs> oh man that's gonna be what's that gonna be worth what's that what's, what's that know. gonna trade at uh all right steven anything else you want to throw out there before we call an episode uh no man it's been a fun week uh thanks for having me on um i i like the logic of the rfk point um what's what's what does he want what, what do you want man like this is this is the reality we live in and um i think it's scary 
And you do have to go vaccine by vaccine. So I'm afraid he's a grifter just doing this for more FaceTime. But I don't know. I don't know either. But yeah. I think my criticism of his opinion hasn't been clearly stated. And it's not what's important to me is that, and, you know, I don't know. It's just I try and read the newspaper every day and I'm looking for good information. That's what I'm looking for. And there's so much information that's not put forward in a way that I think you would need in order to actually make decisions about what's good for you. And like, there's a lot of, and so anytime conversations are geared in that way, where it's like specific risks without kind of a conversation about the actual utility cost benefit, like the things that I think you would need laid out in order to make an informed decision. I just go, well, this is irritating to me because we're peddling in bullshit right now. Right. And so that's what I'm calling out is that like, and I understand the news is playing a game and he's playing a game. So I understand that. Right. But I'm just yelling at that as from my brain and going, this is all annoying because how are we going to move forward? Where are we going to have the actual conversation? How are we? And like, I guess people argue, well, he said that he would debate the guy. And yeah, that guy should debate him like that. You know what I mean? Right. And they don't debate him either. Right. Right. Because they're they're frauds, too. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. (sighs) All right, Stephen, we did it. Uh, That is our episode. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us Uh, back later in the week with a new episode, most likely. I don't know what the schedule is going to be. Probably not going to do an episode on Wednesday because uh, going to be doing a live pod with Scott Horton on Thursday. Come out for Run Your Mouth, and then uh, California doing, dates. Well, yeah, but that's not that's not for a while out. Okay. Um, but we're also going to do a live pod with uh, probably with BK Chris and Albuquerque on Saturday. So those will be the next two episodes coming out. Um, Steven, what should I talk to Scott Horton about this year? I, I actually like I have the great Scott Horton. Wow. I have his attention. I have him in a backyard. I got to figure out what I want to get into. I got something. I, I kind of just like picking his brain on like everything that's going on because he knows it all. So I might just uh, show up with my questions about what the hell is going on in the world. Um, but I'm open to suggestions. Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. What should I get into with Scott Horton? What do you, what do you got I, for me? Well, I like that. I like that you're going to bring everything um, off the head. How can libertarians be more effectual? Like how can they affect change more? Like, does it take very drastic measures, like starting a libertarian town? I'm from New Hampshire. Like, I get it. It's a libertarian state. But like, you know, it is and it's not, you know, like uh, I love New Hampshire. But, you know, so I would like to see like a libertarian town where I go in and there's no bullshit, you know, or I don't know, just an idea. All right. Later, Mr. Steven. Until next time. Thank you for coming on, as always. Peace, guys. Thanks, man. Later, guys. Everybody, that is our show. Back later in the week with more episodes. Please come out. Summer Porch Tour. Uh, You can go to RobbieTheFire.com for all the dates. There's 30 independent gigs that I have put together, purchased the flight fours, booked the comics, got the gear. It's a party. Come show up. Come support the tour. That's our episode later.